everybody, welcome to Project Rusty, where we take a break from playing video games to play with the news. I'm Robert, and I'm joined here by Austin. What's up? Mike. Hey. And our guest this week, Arshad. Welcome to the show. Thanks, it's lovely to be here. And you know what we do here every week. We take a look at the weird stuff in the news, the fun crazy things that were like yep this is the video game industry we all love and we just kind of talk about it for about half an hour Uh, i'm gonna toss the ball at mike first what have you got to bring to the table all right so today i wanted to talk about butts and censorship all right (laughs) now i'm a fan of both i think i'm one of them wait what oh (laughs) Uh, i was gonna say you're a fan of censorship too Nah, it's hard to say All right, so I'm pretty sure everybody's playing Devil May Cry Five, um, nope. because you know Anthem sucks. But anyway, mm, yeah, um, there is a scene in Devil May Cry Five. Sorry for the spoiler, people. Um, where Siri Staple Trish is naked. You don't see much during the scene, except there is a point where you see her butt. But or or do you? Oh, however, in the PS the Western PS4 version. They actually censor it with a lens flare. Damn. I so I've played the game on Xbox. I did not see this lens flare. And I looked at the cutscene someone uploaded to YouTube, and it's so horribly blatant. Like I get why they do it. You know, that's fine. Yeah. You know. America's uh Western sensibilities, their um neo-Puritan sensibilities or whatever. But it's like at first it's coming from a motorcycle light and then just kind of a pink fog follows her ass all the way down to the ground. And it's like, well, that that just doesn't make sense. But sure. Yeah, I'm playing it on PC and I didn't notice it. Yeah, I I mean, aside from that, though, the game's fun. Oh, it's amazing. I love the game. Yeah. But it's just what what what's weird to me is it's only the PS4. Like, Seems like a game-breaking bug, if you ask me. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but you know, because like I for Western censorship, I would expect it to be across the board, PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. So I find it a little weird that it's only the PS4 that they um, cover her up with. I think it has to do with just Sony in general, because I remember they outright banned a Japanese visual novel game because of explicit content and. The funny thing is, Nintendo Switch actually has a completely uncensored version of it, which is kind of weird considering how much crap people give Nintendo for um, censoring or turning stuff down. You know, now that you mention it, is it that game Nekopara? I think that's what it's called. It had the, the cat in people or whatever. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I remember yeah. that, that game came out years ago on Steam. and Everyone was like, cool, it's like one of the first titty visual novels on Steam. And I'm like, great, I'm glad that's getting representation because it needs it somewhere, right? <laughs> Maybe a little too yeah. much now. <laughs> yeah, but, but then when I saw that on the Nintendo Switch store the other day, I was like, no. No way. <laughs> that can't be real. But I guess it is. I don't know. But yeah, I don't, it, it is kind of weird, though, that it is with Sony, especially because Sony is the is like between Sony and Microsoft. Sony's the one that's literally from Japan or Devil May yeah. Cry. Um, was, I think it's just know? the Western branch that is using this policy, though, because the Japanese versions are uncensored. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, I think it's kind of silly, especially for like, if you look at the scene, it's, it's not like it's just straight up. Here's your butt. You guys like, <laughs> this is the reason you're playing this game, right? To see Trish's butt. Like it's, it's very not prevalent in my opinion. It's, it's not done in a sexual way at all. Yeah. And you got games like, um, Heavy Rain had some pretty blatant nudity in it, didn't it? And that was a Sony yeah. exclusive, and I'm sure there were some, quite a few other games with that, and yeah. they didn't censor it, so why this, of all things? Yeah, and what's funny is Heavy Rain wasn't just nudity, it was like a full-on sex scene. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I didn't play Heavy Rain, I didn't know that was in there. <laughs> well, now you want to, though, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, now I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go pick it up when this podcast is done. Oh yeah, you know what you like, Mike. Oh yeah, come on now. But you guys I, I, the the way I see it, though, if someone's picking up Devil May Cry Five in hopes to see titties, like of all things, like it's Devil May Cry. Like, come on, you're there for <laughs> like the big swords and combos and a literal sword that can rev up like a motorcycle engine. Because why the fuck not? You know, it's <laughs> over the top. It's not meant for boobies and butts. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just a fun action game. It's nothing to get too serious about, but I don't know why they wanted to censor it in the first place. It doesn't really make sense. Yeah, and you see more of it recently, especially. I mean, and I get that. There are a lot of Japanese games out there that get a little... What's a nice way to say it? fan service maybe? Uh, we'll Culturally, different culture, maybe? Yeah. I mean, they have They have a different perspective on these things, and other parts of the world yeah i mean which is totally fine i mean that's that's just how it is do you know if they did uh do you know if they censored it in australia um i believe it's all western peaceful versions to be honest mm. australia is actually more strict than um the u.s because we almost didn't get a few games i think it was we happy few because of drug use <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, the South, <laughs> yeah, the South Park game as well almost didn't make it here. So over here, they're a lot more stricter about these things. Yeah, and, um, it's and more also, expensive. um, yeah, usually it is. The recommended retail price is a hundred US dollars. Oh. I mean, sorry, a hundred Australian dollars. But if you if you kind of convert it to US dollars, it's not that different, I suppose. Mm. But, you know, you can always find good deals. Like, I found a pre-order for Sekiro, which was only 50 bucks. It's like oh, half wow. of the recommended retail price. That's not it's, bad. It's going to yeah, be a great game, good. too. I can't wait, though, for like a week after Sekiro comes out. It's like, Western PS4 censor the main character's butt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, Austin, what did you bring to the table this week? All right, so... Um, Let's talk about Anthem again, because oh I just love oh talking no. about shit shows. Yes, I'm going to do it. Um, oh, no. <laughs> so now, I guess what happened here was BioWare released an update that allowed loot, good loot, to drop way more than intended, and they reverted it back. And people were having a great time while this, while, you know loot was falling everywhere but now people are really upset bioware's quiet and not saying anything apparently and players on reddit are planning a blackout for a week to protest 
about this. And I, I don't know what to think because on one hand it was like a bug, so you know, they they allowed for loot to drop more than what was intended, but it seems kind of incompetent on their part because I don't think that's the first time it happened. This is the second time. And also, I don't know if people are just being babies about it or what, but I can kind of relate to them. You know, I can see how it's a problem. You know, you I feel like every time I read a headline that has the word anthem in it, it's a perfect topic for this podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> every every new piece of information is just a shit show. Like I feel I think last week I saw this headline that at some point there were some level one guns that were stronger than the end game masterwork whatever's. Yeah, like, that cool. that was something else too. I mean, yeah. Jeez, talk about making your game irrelevant when or progress irrelevant when your guns that you get at the start of the game are better than the ones you get at the end yeah and this whole thing with the loot to my understanding keep in mind i don't play anthem you know i've got my own devil may cry to deal with but i think the way it was before they fixed that bug where they were dropping a lot of loot that's what people liked and Mm -hmm. to me to the point where like, look, I'm not a student of history or anything, but I've seen people protest for civil rights, for racism, like against racism, against like, you know, sexism. I've never seen people protest for a bad change in a video game <laughs> of all things. Did you forget about, um, well, I don't know if it was really a protest, but wasn't there a lot of backlash with the Fire Emblem translation? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, the one for Fates, I think. I'm not really a big fan, so I'm not sure about I the details. I don't know how but... big of a protest it was, but uh, people were really upset with Nintendo Treehouse. They changed the meaning of a lot of supports between characters. Um, they made one character obsessed with pickles, so, you know, that's kind of <laughs> freaking stupid. <laughs> that was weird. I don't think he was like that in the Japanese version. I mean, um, I wouldn't be surprised though. <laughs> yeah. It it's a whole nother story to dig into, but I do yeah. re- I do remember that and um I don't think it would be the first time that people yeah. have protested. I mean but this got a lot of attention on the subreddit. Yeah, so did they do it in in game protest as well? Like um like they did with the World of Craft World of Warcraft private servers? Uh so I don't think it's in effect right now. It might be. I, we're actually in the middle of it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah the it day started this, yesterday, I think. Yeah, so yeah, people are... are you know, this recording. I mean, I don't know how effective it's going to be. It probably isn't, but, like, you know, people are like, we're not going to play for a week. And, so, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so here, here's my thought on this, okay? One, it, why? Why protest? Like, why not just say, I'm done playing Anthem? Let me go play, like, almost any other video game that came out in the past three months, because almost all of them are kind of better. Play Division 2. Even Far Cry New Dawn, I would say, is a better time than this. So (laughs) you don't need to protest it, because that implies that your life is tied to Anthem, and you need it to survive. But you don't. If that's true, then that's just purely sad. That's a good yeah. point. 
<laughs> I think I, I checked that that Reddit thread, and I think the top comment was like, "Jokes on you! I stopped playing last week." And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, exa- exactly. That's what everyone should be doing. Like, this shouldn't be a timed protest. All right, this should be a. This isn't a good video game. It's not a good product. It doesn't deserve any more of my time. Let me move on to something that does." Yeah, I think people are just hopeful that they can salvage something from this and make it decent. So they're just like waiting and waiting. Oh well, yeah. Well, I think what the problem is, is people have waited so long for this game. This game was, you know, yeah. hugely anticipated. A lot of people were excited. And now that it's a complete shit show, they kind of, they're still trying to hold on to that. You know, I've been waiting for this game for so long. I, I want to hold on to every last hope that I can. You know, it's very interesting looking at the, the cycle of this subreddit anthem the game i don't play anthem either but i subscribe just because it's entertaining um i guess you know when it came out people were all right with it they're like hey this game is fun i don't care what reviews say and now people are protesting this one thread says after playing division two this morning the only emotion i have now is just anger and like (laughs) just i mean that's that's pretty extreme but um you know, people are really pissed off. You know, like when you look at it holistically, I can't think of anyone who is asking for Anthem except for EA executives. You know, because the people who want a science fiction based looter shooter, you've got Destiny, even if Destiny 2 wasn't as good as one or whatever. You have Destiny for people who don't like that. You've still got the division coming out like right now, you know, so your looter shooters are pretty well covered. And yet Anthem came out from a studio that is historically known for single player story based RPGs like KOTOR and Mass Effect and Dragon Age, none of which are persistent world sh- looter shooters of any kind. To be honest, do we even need a lot of looter shooters in the first place? Because if you're going to play one of those types of games, then you're going to be grinding a lot. How, how, do you, how, how are you going to have time to play multiple looter shooters? You're only going to play one, right? Yeah. Or am I missing something here? I don't know. I, I would probably only play one. Like, I If I play a looting or a looter shooter, which I played Destiny for a bit, or if you play any game that has a lot of loot, Borderlands, Diablo... I'm pretty dedicated to that one game for a set amount of time, you know? Yeah, it, it usually like gets its hooks in you, and that's like the only game you can think about for a while. And, you know, everyone's different. There are those people that can, like, still to this day, for 10 years in a row, every day of the year, log into World of Warcraft to do the dailies. You know what I mean? Like, there are those people who do that. Yeah. Yeah, but, that's true. Yeah, but so, for your average gamer, you're probably jumping from game to game. I guess we could end this with this new headline that I just saw Anthem players discover removing gear makes you more powerful and also how to have infinite what health. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what? Holy shit, man. I haven't read through all of it because I just saw it, but like it's headlines like these, man. It just makes this podcast so easy. Dude, I, I feel so bad because yeah. I want Dragon Age four. Yeah, I really do. But Huh. You know, that, that reminds me of an image I saw from Anthem where it said a weapon gives you 0% bonus fire damage. That just makes no sense. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> oh my god. 
Oh man. And with that, Arshad, save us from this anthem madness. What have Please. you got? Well, we won't be going too far because I actually want to talk about EA's new E3 approach and how it sort of ties back into E3 generally. Mm. Um, what what it kind of tells me is that, well, it's probably a, bit, a lot pretty obvious, but E3 has really lost its sort of um, spectacle, hasn't it? With people just not getting as hyped, mainly because the announcement, they're, they're not as big as they used to be. And companies now, they just prefer to do their own thing. I mean... Nintendo, they're still at E3, but most of their announcements come through Nintendo Directs throughout the year. And now Sony's pretty much is like, we'll do our own thing as well. And yeah, I mean, probably thinking that we might not even have an E3 pretty soon. Well, you know, oh, go ahead, Austin. I'll give you oh, the... I was I'll just going to say, floor. speaking for Robert and I, we're hoping that we can... Well, we're going to make it to this E3, so... That makes me thankful because I wanted to go for a long time. But I can kind of see what you're talking about, Arshad. It's, things are kind of dying down for E3, isn't it? Yeah, and you know, for me, I agree with you, Arshad. I think E3 is dying, slowly but surely. And I think it's not going to go away completely. Even when all the companies abandon it for news conferences, I'd love, love to see even this thing where, uh, where a bunch of game developers just get together to celebrate the industry yeah because you know with video games there's a lot of you know oh i really like this game this is fun but i feel like outside of that it's a very negative space to be in like consider the like just listen to the past 10 minutes of this podcast again and not get them <laughs> right like it's, there's a lot of negativity in the games industry and i would love if just once a year we get to watch like Reggie comes back every year because damn it, he's still president of Nintendo America. I don't care. But, you know, let's say, you know, you get Doug Bowser, you get Sean Layden from Sony, and then you get Phil Spencer from Xbox. And they just like play Smash for like an hour on a stage together or live stream that. I'd pay to see that. Right. Or, or maybe not Smash, but like Forza Horizon. I don't know. Like, you know, diversify the consoles, but it'd be cool to see that and kind of have this like to see these these different companies still extend all the branches to each other yeah I, I like that idea because i don't think e3 has to be this place where um it's full of hype and all these amazing announcements because i'm kind of thinking back to square enix's presentation last year and people were just getting these unrealistic expectations i mean what did you really expect that square enix was going to show in their presentation <laughs> so um i think it's fine that the companies, they don't want to do these um, on-stage presentations as much anymore because, I mean, to be honest, most people are just going to complain about it afterwards saying that, oh, they just talk too much anyway. We just want to see games. Yeah, and you're always going to have those people that are like, oh, I really hope they'd announced X, but they didn't, and now I'm sad. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's, that's yeah. probably the biggest thing you hear from E3. Why didn't they announce this obscure title or whatever? You know, I'm thinking that E3 is definitely more of a thing now for journalists than it is like people watching, you know, because that's how it's always been. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's just my perspective is changing because as a kid and even now I would love watching it. It's what I looked forward to every summer, you know, after school. Uh, And now I guess, you know, me going there, I'm looking at it in a different light. But I, I don't know. It's, it's just 
interesting stays around. Um, EA play isn't or EA isn't like you know they're still gonna be there kind of so well, it's still what like technically they haven't been there for years because they've yeah. been doing yeah. their own thing literally across the street. I'm sure it still gets everybody huge press coverage. It's just like yeah, it's it's still a pretty good event. I think to, maybe, to have every year, just maybe they'll downscale it. If people keep leaving, but I want to hope that it sticks around. I mean, it's got some legs and you're seeing some indie people make bigger impacts on E3. I mean, Devolver has just been getting crazier and crazier (laughs) every year they're there. (laughs) And I mean, Limited Run had a whole thing last year and they're going to have another one this year. So I, I don't think E3 will ever die at least not anytime soon but i could definitely see it become a place where you don't expect as much like okay i want to see the next the last of us 2 gameplay there you know or i'm I'm waiting to see halo infinite or even the new console announcements i think sony will probably announce the new console just completely on their own terms now and talk Mm -hmm. about it separately Mm. which is presumably what they're going to do this year i could see that because, yeah, we're due for a new generation probably pretty soon here. 2020 at best. And I think that Xbox has always had an entertaining show, and I'm glad that they're still doing it. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. E3, I, here's the thing. As, as much as I'm down about E3, it's still an event I'm going to care about every year. Yeah, I'll still probably stay up till 2 in the morning to watch it. <laughs> yeah exactly uh well i i'm going to bring up my news story and it's a downer don't worry guys <laughs> just like the rest of the news industry it's very negative <laughs> so you guys remember valve's trading card game artifact mm-hmm. yeah yeah kind so, of yeah that's that's where i'm sitting at uh i don't know if you've been paying attention to it throughout the weeks it's been out but you know, within two weeks, it dropped to 80, like 80% of its players just left within two weeks. Um, and not to mention, they published a trading card game or collectible card game that you have to buy up front and then buy booster packs rather than be free to play. But I believe it was yesterday they Valve kind of let go a few people especially people related to artifact including richard garfield who is one of the people who made this little known trading card game called magic the gathering yeah i never heard of it yeah yeah uh, <laughs> i thought Yu-Gi-Oh was the big trading card game what's this magic you're talking about yeah, what's magic Ma- the gathering Ma- magic the gathering <laughs> yeah what are they what are they even gathering i don't magic i guess all about money <laughs> oh yeah they're definitely (laughs) gathering money they're gathering so much money guys it's insane but i think it's crazy that the even the guy who made arguably one of the most successful cardboard crack card games ever on the planet could not help valve with this this abomination yeah, I think that really says something about the game. If you're losing 80% of your player base so fast and the guy who created Magic the Gathering couldn't help you, that's um, saying something about your game, all right. 
Yeah. I mean, it's a game nobody wanted. Let's be real. If you ever saw the uh, reveal at this huge Dota event, I think it was, it was um, very disappointing for everybody, basically. Yeah, no one really cared. And to this day, I still see memes on Reddit that are like, man, Valve hasn't made a game in years. And for like a couple seconds, I'm like, you're right. And I'm like, no, wait, artifact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's just sad to see. This is going to be one they just sweep under the carpet, pretend it didn't happen. Then they'll make an artifact two, but not an artifact <laughs> three. <laughs> or, you know, just keep going with Dota. Yeah, I mean, Dota's making them probably a, a lot of money still. Everything is. I mean, all their games are so popular. Yeah. And when I said that, I forgot about Artifact already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think Artifact is like their player count is so down now. It's it's like who's even playing it? And ironically, why would you when Magic the Gathering the Arena, the new digital version of Magic is one free to play, two is actually pretty good. Yeah. So it's like, why play a game nobody else wants to play when you go play the original, you know, trading card game that all your friends play at some point? Yeah. Or hell, play Hearthstone. Or Shadowverse. Or, you know. Elder Scrolls Legends. Hey, that's actually a good game, too. Like, I'd suggest that. Or Gwent. I was just about to say Gwent. (laughs) Gwent. The list is endless. Yeah, they released a game in a saturated market. It's kind of what you deserve. I'm surprised Square Enix hasn't made one about the the, the card game from Final Fantasy VIII. Triple Train. Um, <laughs> I think they tried I to. I they'd be right on the train. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a Final Fantasy card game, though. There is. There, there is a yep. physical cool. one. Perfect. Yeah, yeah I, I play it. There is a physical one. Is it good? It's pretty decent. Um, okay. I, I think mean, it's I a like Final it. Fantasy VII card game, though, right? It's it's all the games. Oh, okay. Um, I, uh, that's cool, then. I like it better than current Yu-Gi-Oh! So. Ooh. Yeah, that says something. That does. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't care about the story as much if not for the fact that I got into card games like kind of recently. Like, since I moved to Seattle, I actually started playing a bit of Magic and like a lot of the Magic online game. But I think this comes down to the same problem we talked about with Anthem, where it's it's like if you're someone who's into card games, like there's only so many card games you can you can financially be invested in. Yeah. Because grinding in a card game is literally throwing money away. <laughs> Especially yeah, they, wanted, they wanted to emulate the real thing, uh, collecting trading cards. Exactly. Although I will say Magic the Arena, the way they do it is kind of cool, where when you open a certain number of boosters, you get like a free card that you can use to copy any card. Like even the ones you don't own. So like after a while, you can get the card you want, which I mean, it's a nice. I guess prize, I don't know. But yeah, rip artifact. You could get um, tabletop simulator. I think that's what it's called, right? Mm, Yeah, you get on sale for 10 bucks. Yeah, yeah, and just um, play any game in the world, basically, for free. 
I've always wanted to play Secret Hitler on that. Uh, Wait, we should. Wait, Mike, do you not know what Secret Hitler is? I do not know what Secret Hitler is. I'm oh, sorry. Secret, I must Secret be out Hitler of the loop. It's such a good game. There's a Secret Palpatine as well. <laughs> <laughs> so it's treason then. <laughs> uh, okay, here's everyone's homework. Go find out what Secret Hitler is. And if you already know it, good job. But if you haven't, check it out. It's very funny. Uh, I think that about does it for this episode of Project Rusty. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hey, Austin, anything you want to shout out? Um, uh, just follow me on Twitter, please. I like followers. It makes me feel important. It's Platysaur. So at P-L-A-T-Y-S-A-U-R. Hell Thank yeah. You. Hey, Mike, what about you? Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Z-O-L-O-567. Uh, I'm trying to get more active on my Twitter. So, you know, like Austin said, followers make me happy. There you go. Arshad, what have you got? I don't really use social media that much, so I don't have anything you can follow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anything you want to shout out? Anything you're working on? Um, not really. I'm just doing nothing. Okay, that's say, good too. Say hi to your mom at least. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hi, mom. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, P-I-N-O-P-T-I-M-I-S-T. That's Panoptimist. Uh, I mentioned this last week, but I mean, it's still going on this week and for a lot more weeks, honestly. But the final season of Opening New Doors, Terrace House Opening New Doors dropped. If you don't know what that is, check it out. It's a Japanese reality TV show. And I do a podcast about it called Tadaima Terrace House Podcast. And we're very excited over there. It's a whole new breath of life into the show. And we hope you can join us on that journey if it's something that interests you. Uh, that does it, though, for this episode of Project Rusty. And we'll see you guys again next week. <laughs>